so who do you think you are? I mean, that's a question that's got to be answered because your sense of identity will either advance you or keep you right where you are. Today, identity traps that will stop you from manifesting your best life in three, two, one. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Greetings, kinetic believers, and welcome back to another edition of the Stephen Canyon Podcast. Glad you could join us. KineticBelief.com is the website. And good morning, Miss Megan. Well, good morning, sir. Do you have post-birthday blues? Not even a little bit, no. You were riding like the wind all over Charleston on oh, your bike. It was so Friday, fun. Saturday. Gosh, I love doing that. What is that? yellow bumblebee bike. You know, I think it's more fun to ride a bike in a city where the traffic is so bad that you're sort of zipping by all the cars. <laughs> <laughs> you know? How dare you? <laughs> you <laughs> yes, feel like you, you have some sort of secret that no one else knows about. <laughs> it's amazing to watch you go. You're just weaving in and out, all oh, up and down King Street and down by the harbor. Well, and it's just such a fun little city on the peninsula there with the art galleries sunshine, and wind. coffee shops and yes, yeah, Charleston's a cool little town, isn't it? It is. It's so fun. You know, we we uh, it's it is funny though to to call it like this, just this old historic town because it's compared to Europe, it's not really that old, is it? No, it's, it's not. old for these states. No, it's yeah. amazing how how populated it's got. We've Ooh, we've always so enjoyed crowded. going there, but I think in the last few years, I mean, I, I look like the. It looked like the uh, population was somewhere over a million people now, just within the not not on the peninsula. Right, but still, I mean, even outside of the peninsula, it's not it's not that big. So that mm. that's amazing. It's popular. It's a cool place. Well, I'm so excited, jazzed, and ready to rock and roll here with another podcast today. I love this title that you have for us today. Do you know anybody stuck in identity traps? <laughs> That's a trick question. <laughs> Are you stuck in an identity? Yes, let me, I have a list of names. Let me share them with you. Today's topic, identity traps that stop you and how true that is. Mm. Stop oh, it you. it is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Stop you from advancing to enjoy a limitless life of success. And I don't know about you, but if I can identify anything that's going to show up and stop me from manifesting my best life, I'm going to deal with it. Yes, Oh, right now. absolutely. Blow it out of the water. Put Get out the, of my way. If you've got a phone on the hook, put it off the hook <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and close the blinds, close the door, get rid of all the noise and all the influence and do something about whatever it is you have uh, pointed out or found or identified in your life that's stopping you from manifesting yeah. your best life. There's a really great scene. Um, did you ever watch the cartoon Scooby-Doo? Always. <laughs> There's a really Scooby great. Scooby Love Scooby Doo. There's a really great scene. What was the main guy's name? I can't think of it. The blonde headed guy? Yeah. Oh, I know Shaggy. Shaggy. That was my main guy. It was the blonde headed guy. Oh my I don't word, I'm blanking. His name. But anyways, there's a there's a really great episode where he's trying to find out who's haunting him and who's like messing with his life and mm. by the, at the end of the episode he pulls the mask off and it's him. <laughs> and I always think about that. It's the blonde-headed guy yeah. that's, that's haunting him? Yeah, they, they somehow he got like duplicated or something. But oh, I always I always think of that though when hmm. we're talking about identity and it's like, let me wow, see who's ruining yeah. my life. Oh, it's, it's me. How true that is. <laughs> no one can ruin your life unless you allow them to. Yes. Wow, I, I love that. Great analogy. <laughs> so anything, whatever it is, you, it's probably you. <laughs> it's keeping you from advancing to enjoy your, your best life. This is one of the most powerful things, actually, for anybody that wants to begin manifesting their best life, to be able to grasp, get hold of, hold on to. Don't let it go. Hold on to it like it's it's a football and you're running for a touchdown in the last minute of the yes. Super Bowl. I don't know. Grab yeah. hold of it. Don't let it go, though. That's how important this is. Identity really is that sort of the cure-all, isn't it? If you can correct that identity, you're correcting. It's like if you have a little thing out of whack in your back and you go to the chiropractor, it, it sometimes it feels like it's fixing your whole body. Identity is everything. Yeah. I mean, and that's so true. And uh, think of it in terms of a, a car. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take your Cadillac into a Ford dealership 
and and have them replace the motor, are you, with a Ford motor? I found myself thinking, and, did Ford buy Cadillac? Well, I, you know, that crossed my mind, too. Now, wait a minute. Maybe Ford, I think They've Ford, all merged Because I think point. the Jaguar is now a Ford. Right, exactly. So maybe that's not a good analogy. But it was you, a good try. Though. You know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. So that's, you know, one of the most difficult concepts for people to grasp is that of freedom. Now, think about it. When we think of freedom, what are we actually talking about when we mention the word freedom? Because you have to be unencumbered from identifying yourself with any kind of negativity. And not just because that sounds good. You know, I don't hang around with so-and-so because they're just negative. Now, I'm not talking about a personality flaw. We're talking about real, physical, natural, creative consequences that comes from being attached to negative source energy, the substance of negative particles, substance of negative energy. So what is freedom in, in the context of understanding negative energy? Freedom. Freedom is the power or it is the right to act. It is the right to speak or think as you want to think without hindrance or restraint. Wow. I'm going to say that again. Freedom is the power or the right to think without hindrance or any kind of restraint. In other words, you cannot be free to kinetically believe to attract and change your circumstances while you are restrained. If you have any kind of a hindrance in your life, there is no way that you're going to manifest whatever you desire to manifest. If there are restraints or hindrances in your life, the most common identity trap that will stop you from manifesting your best life is the belief that you should be someone other than yourself. You know, as I'm listening to that definition of freedom, my gut reaction is just, wow, we've really oversimplified freedom, the definition of it. We've we've really taken all the punch out of it and, and cracked it down to something that's not even that powerful. So redefining what freedom really means, uh, that's gonna that's a good starting point. Yeah, so, and, and this is the place where most people get tripped up, understanding mm-hmm. freedom, but then also the first thing that they do when they start looking around, Anytime you are in a uh, posture of being constrained or restraint, having restraints around you, uh, an identity restraints, is you start looking for people to model yourself after. Mm. And people start thinking about, well, now, who am I going to, who do I, who am I going to become? I need to be somebody. And so you find someone that you admire, and then you actually physically, in quantum physics, that is, physically, mindfully, apply yourself to actually become them. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually trying to become someone else. And that is the most common identity trap that there is. A belief that you should be someone other than yourself. Every human being is one with the energy that created them. Yeah, and that's the first thing when we talk about identity, we've got to go back to understanding where we originated from. It does seem like that is sort of the path of least resistance, right? Well, let me just copy something. Let me just copy the homework, copy the person, let, you know, because to be intrinsic and to look within, that takes that takes some work. It takes some discipline. That's exactly right. The, the least area of resistance is what you can observe through the senses. Mm-hmm. Well, I see that. I admire it. I like it. So I want to become that. Right. But understand that everyone, again, every human being is one with the energy that created them. Every talent, all power, every possibility that is within the creator, that is God, the creator of all the universe, is within every single human being. We have access to all that our creator is. We have access to his genius, to the creative energy, the substance, the source energy for all that there is. So not in only a few exceptional people, that just those who've demonstrated great accomplishments, are those things uh, available? Because that's what we'll do is we'll see somebody that's accomplishing a great deal of things. And then we think, now, in order for me to accomplish a lot, I'm going to have to become them. I'm going to not just be like Mike. I need to be Mike. I need to become that person that I'm admiring. And so the belief of that, and you meditate on that, oh my goodness, and we're going to get into what some of the the um, consequences of modeling yourself after someone like that actually are. Well, the thing that pops into my mind first as we're talking about this is just, you know, I think a lot of us, when we're working on our identity, there's always going to be someone in your life with a really, not necessarily overbearing, but just a really strong, powerful personality. 
And a lot of times if you do have someone like that in your life that you see every single day, um, it can be very difficult not to get sucked into that personality and not to even even start mimicking them without realizing it. Um, you know, if you're not the one with sort of the alpha dominant personality, it's it can be difficult to rise above and, and really embrace who you are, even especially even in their presence. Difficult and even impossible if you don't begin by understanding right now that every talent that you've admired, all power, every possibility that is within the creator is already within you. You do not have to become like someone else or to actually become somebody else in order to enjoy every talent and all power. Why? Because it's already in you. What you're admiring in someone else or through someone else by visibly observing them actually is on the inside of you. You cannot obtain what you see someone else having. It's all within you. If you want if you want to obtain the most magnificent version of yourself, you've got to source that from within you. There is scripture in the Bible that says all power is given to man in heaven and on earth. All men. And then the scripture also says, is it not written you are gods? Isn't that amazing? So the identity trap begins when you believe that you should be someone other than yourself. No, all the power for you to become anything that you can imagine to be already exists and it's within you. It is amazing how we can self-diminish so easily. Um, it, it just we have, like you're just saying, you know, we have this supernatural ability, this supernatural identity that, and it's the it's our reality, it's the truth of who we are. But it's, it's so easy to diminish yourself and put yourself underneath something and and make yourself way more human than you than you even are. The concept of self-deprecating is actually a very deep subject, and it's one that because we are actually sourcing positive and negative source energy. Negative source energy actually translates into negative thoughts, thoughts of condemnation, thoughts of inadequacy, thoughts of you're unworthy. And then when you begin to harbor those, imagine those, and continue to dwell on those, meditate on those thoughts, that negative source energy, it starts to become you. So to your point, yeah, we're looking around to observe something that we construe to be positive so that we can become that. Well, that's the incorrect way of aspiring to become something greater. So what we're starting off with today on today's podcast is understanding that all you could ever imagine or hope or think to become already exists and it's on the inside of you. So you don't look without, you look within. When you talk about the concept of sourcing your energy, negative source energy, positive source energy, I want to get a deeper understanding of what that really means. So when you are connecting with negative or positive source energy, where where is that coming from? What are you connecting with? I mean, what's the 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 place that that exists? What are you is that just people with negative attitudes or your own thoughts or what is that? Our control mechanism is translated into thoughts, actual words, the, the, the things that we dwell on, the thoughts that we entertain, imaginations. We have the ability as human beings, human creative creators, to cast down every thought that we should choose to cast down. In other words, not to dwell on it. And so by doing that, we are either attaching or unattaching ourselves to negative or positive source energy. Look, why is this important? It's because... The identity trap begins when you believe you should be someone other than yourself. And I'm telling you that that is a slippery slope. The idea of forming yourself, trying to capture the identity of somebody else, it leads to assumptions that other people are doing things the way that you would do them. Well, that leads to the faulty notion that your emotions and your feelings and your sensitivities should somehow conform to some ill-conceived standard. Think about it. The identity trap is, is nothing but a springboard to believing that you have to conform to moral codes, for example, that are created by other people. It could be some social or civic group that you've joined up with. And then they're giving you the handbook and all these do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs and all of that stuff. And you find yourself start, starting to conform to these ideas and opinions and thoughts that dwelled within someone else first. And then it just begins to lead to uh, this the, the possible the possibilities of imitating those emotions which is impossible and the morality and the intellect of other creative creators and you all of a sudden you're getting in, wrapped up into this double-minded existence that's going to produce um, 
results that are not predictable. You begin, you take two steps forward and four steps back. That's an identity trap of imitation. And it will always lead to conformity and the inability to attract your desires. And there's so many different reasons as to why that's just a slippery slope. How do you find the difference, finding that fine line between being inspired by another person versus copying them? Because it seems like that could get... Uh, not confusing, but it does seem like those are incredibly similar looking. Understand the differences in inspiration. You can be inspired by someone else's pursuits to become a better uh, version of yourself rather than inspired to become them. In other words, if you if a simple analogy would be, let's say you play guitar and you go to a pianist concert and they are tearing it up. I mean, they're just killing the keyboard and that inspires you. And so what do you do? You go home and you get out your guitar and you work at becoming a better musician and a better practitioner of your guitar, your instrument, your instrument, rather than selling your guitar and going and buying a piano because you want to be the next Billy Joel. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's, that that's, that's a correct use of inspiration. Yeah. So the identity trap of imitation leads to the conformity and and the inability to attract your desires. Because when, when you look to observe for the purpose of imitation, what you're doing is you are actually sampling of the highlights from other people's lives. And that leads again to double mindedness. You think one way one day and then another the next. Well, what's the problem with that? Look, anytime you're dwelling on thoughts to become something better, a better version of yourself, as long as you are accurately identifying that through your imagination, the thing that you want to become, you are actually attracting the circumstances to conform to your imagination. But if you change your thoughts, then you're changing what you're attracting. That's the, that is the problem with being double-minded. And you'll never manifest the greater version of what you were originally hoping to become. It does seem like we have tendencies to underestimate the power of a repetitive thought. You know, you, you gave us recently in a podcast, you really gave us the, a good visual of, um, we were talking basically about a ship and, and it had these coordinates to get from point A to point B, but it would, it would start off toward point A and then it would change its mind and go in a different direction and then another direction. And, you know, if you could sort of see it from above, it's this little ship just darting all over the ocean, never making it to any destination. And, and I just think that's a really perfect visual for understanding what we're actually doing with our thoughts. Sure. Great visual. We're just darting all over the place. Uh, going in circles. If you are just off course course just your coordinates just a little bit you're eventually going to come right back to where you started from that's true yeah instead of a linear pursuit of advancing your mind body and soul yes yes look you believe one way because you see one way and your interpretation becomes interrupted by some alternate observation and so you change your mind in other words like you're saying you change your course Mm -hmm. well what happens if you change your course you change your destiny You change the fate of your destiny, that best place for you. You're signaling to the substance located within the universe, the substance of your desires that attract circumstances to change. You're transmitting that you aren't sure of what you actually desire. So mixed signals create mixed synergy. In other words, you begin to attract a thought form and and, uh, then you issue the command to stop. You, you, You issue another thought form or another command, and then you issue another command to stop. Could you imagine trying to lead troops into the battlefield and you say, charge, no wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, back into the ditch. (laughs) No, come on, run, go. No, stop, turn around. What a mess. Well, that's the way most people are living their lives. Isn't there a a kid's game like that, like red light, green light? They're like red light, (laughs) green light. Yeah, go and stop. Musical chairs, (laughs) all those things. Sure. You know, I feel like you're really talking about the core of kinetic belief in this in this um, topic right here, because isn't that the ultimate kinetic belief experience is that you have a positive thought that you're working to manifest and to attract a thing. And then that positive thought needs to be connected to the next positive thought. And that's the momentum. It's like if you can string together enough positive thoughts. Ah, you're talking about the manifesting journal. And that's how you create a linear Mm. uh, journey for your journal because you are connecting those dots, like you said. You are attracting the one thing and then you build upon that. And so you're not being double-minded. Again, when you reconsider, you stop manifestations. So most people don't ever 
actually see what they had originally hoped to see in their life. They continually stop and they reconsider. They take the second um, uh, opinion or they go and they, they counsel with somebody else about their purpose for life and whatever path or course they may have originally been on. Now it changes. And again, they're just, they end up going in circles. You're diverting yourself from your, the purpose of your life. I want to have a better understanding from you on what is the reality of what is really genuinely going to be required of us to achieve this intense sense of identity and then maintain it for, you know, with longevity. What is genuine because you know a lot of times let's say somebody says you need to lose 20 pounds and everybody makes it seem like you can just take a pill but that's not the case and I feel like this is kind of similar like what is really going to be required of us to to make this happen in our lives you have to identify your original purpose for being what you were created for the creator of all had a reason for every single person on this planet we're not just one of billions even though we are one of billions, but we are one. We are, in a sense, one um, unique individual person with a genius of purpose. You have to know what that is. How do you do that? You do it by asking yourself questions like, who am I? What makes me different? Not what makes me like everybody else, but what is it that makes me weird? Why am I a little tilted more than everybody else? And once you determine what that is, Stop conforming and start to unconditionally love that purpose, that original genius of purpose. Unconditionally love that. That means that you're, you're no longer uh, embarrassed by it. You enjoy being weird, a little different. That's who you are. That's the, the person you were meant to be. So then when you stop conforming to some belief that you should be like other people, other than yourself, your original genius of purpose... If you don't do that, you continually stop that substance of belief from manifesting. And so what's the result of that? A life of mediocrity, an existence of repetitive, habitual manifestations. It's just that circular life that we were talking about earlier today. You know, someone wrote in recently and they've, they're have they on day 20-something of the guided journal. And it was really interesting because one of the comments that they really made is was realizing because at the very beginning of the journal you say there's genius within everyone and so establishing that knowledge is such a huge part of this and that's the point that this person was making when they wrote in is that just even being told that there's genius within everyone is is sort of the first step to even discovering that within yourself absolutely is yeah and because if you don't embrace that if you don't embrace your dip because everybody is different everybody knows they are but very few if very few embrace that and as a result of that the substance of negative energy is formed from the fear of failure which leads to the diminishing life failure of what failure of not being like everybody else well you can't be like everyone else so that automatically leads to fear fear of failing and so when you harbor that and you've got that knowing on the inside of you then you're, you know, that's the sleepless nights that produces anxiety, that produces the desire to hurry and worry. You're fearful that you're just not going to measure up to the expectations of others. So how do you change your life? By changing your identity. Understand that even while the universal power of creation is located within every human being, the consciousness is limited. Mm-hmm. There's only so much that you can compute and think about. Right. And so a creative creator, a human being, cannot retain awareness of all that there is to know. It's just not possible in the natural. And let me say that again, only in the natural. The fallibility of limited knowledge means that we're likely to make mistakes. We're, we're going to see something and compute it wrong. We're not going to have enough information to, to make the correct uh, analogy. But now the good news is we have available to us an ability to unite our intellect with the universal consciousness, which does know and understand all that there is to know and understand. All information and all knowledge is located within the genius of your creative, unique, original purpose. The law of attraction works to assimilate wisdom when you desire it. We know that if you desire wisdom 
and uh, it will bring it to you as you hold on to the desire for the wisdom. So every answer for every question, and this is something we get a lot, is I just don't know who I am. And we had, we were talking to um, one young lady the other day, and she, she became excited at the prospect of being able to understand who she is and what her purpose is for life. But then she became very nervous. She even said that. She went, I feel kind of nervous. She was <laughs> even talking about this. It was a great responsibility. Now, why should I consider myself all of a sudden? Uh, yes. It was really amazing. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the way this works. Every, the law of attraction will assimilate the wisdom if you hold on to the desire for it. It will give you the answer to the questions that you begin to ask honestly, fearlessly, unconditionally loving your purpose and truly seeking that wisdom. You ask for it, gratefully receive it, and then it becomes you. It's, it's not necessarily in a sentence or a paragraph. You're not going to the mailbox to get a letter from the universe that says, here's your purpose. No, that understanding wisdom simply becomes you, and it's an enlightenment process. Every answer for every question is available to every single person that will ask and then gratefully believe to receive the answer. Wow. What, a, what an amazing thing to even just have that visual, that idea, that knowledge, that anything that you want to know Anything you can desire to know is available to you if you only seek it and ask for it and pursue it. Um, one thing you've mentioned quite a few times now is overcoming a fear of failure and doing this in a fearless way. How how do we do that? Um, and I I know it's one, I, I, I'm saying once and for all, but I also know that that's something that you're perpetually watching out for as well. So how do we do this in a, a fearless way where we're totally free from that fear of failure? It always comes back to identity, doesn't it? And that's one of the things that we, you know, I purpose to work on with every single person that comes to the Mastering the Universe workshop is locating and identifying fearlessly your identity which is so vital to achieving success. And that is the power of kinetic belief and the power of our Mastering the Universe workshops. Because any amount of hindrance, look, any kind of restraint blocks the power of your inalienable authority and dominion to kinetically believe unwaveringly and to think in an original way in order to attract your best life. Freedom is the key to manifesting your highest desires. Freedom from every alternative influence that is not in agreement with the original source of your creative purpose. Life choices, which regard your purpose of genius, like with the young lady we were just talking with, um, her life choices will attract her highest purpose for life and her highest objective reality when those choices are renegotiated uh, toward being redetermined toward her original purpose. Well, she can only do that through creating those highest viewpoint for thought forms according to the original genius of purpose. The reason she came into the natural, her uh, qualities that make her different from anybody and every, everything else. But she's got to be free, remain free to commit herself to taking direct actions. And just like every person listening right now, you have to do this in order to make those positive choices that focus on what you can control instead of what you cannot control. And it does seem like that's why the guided journal is going to be, or some kind of journaling, like you say, just write it on your arm if you have to, whatever, is going to be so important because it's connecting those thoughts, it's connecting those dots that's going to get you from now to that final destination of understanding who you are Um, one time for gosh, what was it, like a year and a half or something, um, we were vegan. And I was remembering that when we first that, started. That day? <laughs> the day we were vegan. <laughs> no, no, it's actually. No, we did it for a year for and a half. Time, yeah. um, it was uh, quite the journey. It was actually pretty difficult. But I was just remembering as you were talking now how um, when we first did that, it was actually incredibly difficult to remember that we had become vegan <laughs> because mm-hmm. those habits are so deeply rooted in your mind. You eat, you talk, you think, you you live so habitually. And so having that reference point of something you've written down, that higher thought form that you can just go back to over and over, it's re I guess I'm just saying without the power of reinforcement like that, this is kind of impossible. Oh, it absolutely is. Look, the kinetic believers living life on purpose. And and we realize that, you know, life isn't the the uh seemingly by chance 
order of business that it appears to be. You know, most people look at life as just this random circumstance that uh, hap- something that happens to you. Yeah. But it's not true at all. It's ob- it's objective. It's an objective reality to everyone. For example, you know, it's about control. You can't control the aspirations of other people. And so that's misplaced dominion. You can only observe other people. Now, people try to use their dominion incorrectly and control other people all the time, and they do it. And it's to their own dissatisfaction and certainly to those dissatisfaction of those being controlled. But what happens when a person imitates another person in a way that they actually want to become them? Well, you end up in bad relationships. You end up in terrible jobs that you're not happy with and that's not in accordance with your genius of purpose. You end up in some location for a living that doesn't agree with your identity. You have all, all of a sudden these so-called friendships built up on negative energy rather than friends who celebrate, champion, and edify and inspire you. The universe is constructed from both positive and negative source energy. So the world as part of the greater universe, which is also sourced from both positive and negative energy, is we're part of that. You're not outside of that. It's not something we're only observing. We are created of the same substance in the same universe with the same choices that um, are, appear through quantum mechanics. It's That's all there is, and we're part of that. I'm so glad that you, uh, just a moment ago, were talking about those relationships that you're having uh, because when you when you have been living a life based in an identity that's really not true to who you are, you know, you also have cultivated a life completely centric around that personality and around that identity. So um, probably my my main question here is how do you pursue that new level of identity and that truth of identity without completely blowing up your life? Or is that actually what's required? Toss a hand grenade in there if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you know, jerk, like you used to say all the time, jerk that Band-Aid off. You need to you need to change whatever needs to be changed. Yeah, okay. And that's being double-minded. Now, I'm going to, somebody says, well, I'm, I'm ready to change my life for the better. I want to advance my mind, body, and soul toward perfected completion. And so I've got to figure out how not to hurt anybody's right. feelings. I need to take care of and, and try to bring this along with me. And are you, what do you start? doing you're packing up all this negative energy baggage to carry along with you you're double-minded you're straddling a fence and it won't work and isn't that a huge part of discovering your identity is looking at yourself and going you're worth this you're worthy of good relationships you're worthy of you have enough value to have a life that's full of people championing you and and loving you unconditionally and i'm not yes absolutely and i'm not saying don't do this in love you know, oh. whatever you whatever you do, if you're changing if you're changing friends and you're getting rid of some things, of course, unconditionally, loving yourself and everyone around you is the way to go about it. And and you'll get you you will have the wisdom to do it in a, in a loving way. Whatever needs to be done. Well, and it is amazing in my own personal uh, experience that when you do change for the better, it's amazing how many people sort of just fall away. Like you just they just disappear. Like they were never there. Yeah, or they they get on board and they change right along with you, and all of yep, a sudden you've true. got a, a a real friend, yeah, uh, somebody that somebody that's go, going yeah. to equally um, celebrate and champion, edify and encourage right. you, just like you're going to do to do them. <laughs> get on board or get out of the way right. is the new motto. <laughs> yeah, so to kinetically believe. You have to adhere to and you have to rely on your original purpose. You must successfully navigate waters. Since we've been talking about navigation through the, on the oceans, which is one of my favorite analogies, you have to be successful at that type of navigating of both positive and negative source energy. Well, how do you do this? You do it by journaling your highest viewpoint for creating those thought forms that you imagine to see constructed around your life. What are your dreams and aspirations? Those are the questions that you have to ask, not according to what you see others doing, but what you envision your unique, diverse, creative genius realizing. What makes you different rather than alike? You know, a common mistake made by the human being who's seeking these answers by observing others is the sense of shame or guilt that comes from not knowing answers to questions. 
we had somebody that was under our employment uh, several years ago. I mean, and he would say anything to answer a question. It didn't matter if it was it was right or wrong. He had to know the answer. He had to tell you that he knew the answer. Well, he was in his life ended up being fixable, but it had to be fixed. You got to be so careful when seeking knowledge according to your purpose. Mm-hmm. And you have to be honest, honest enough to say, I don't have the answer yet, but I'm not going to just grab the first bit of information that comes along so I can plug the whole, the, the, the vacant space for an answer. You're going to wait for the genius, for the, the substance of that answer to come and become enlightened, to become a part of you through the universe, through wisdom which is as prevalent throughout the universe as any other substance is. And isn't that the root, the core of being authentic is being so open and so willing just to say, this is who I am. I know this. I don't know this. I'm learning this. I'm growing in this area. This is, but this is the area that I'm, that I'm a champion in. This is the one I'm not so good at. I mean, just being your authentic self, losing that facade that, that so many of us are tempted to put up all the time. Yes, absolutely. And also don't make the mistake of when you're observing Observing things that you admire in other people to, and to think of skills in terms of that being your purpose or, you know, uh, gifts of, of uh, works of any kind really is not shouldn't be related to purpose. Now, your purpose can be at the core of skills, but skills to be able to say punt a football 60 yards doesn't mean that's your purpose for life, mm-hmm. but that could be a fruit of the purpose for your life. When we were talking about observing, what do, we, what do we do with the observations of others that are inspiring us? Observation of what other people are doing with their lives is simply for gaining facts according to the natural state of being. Wow. However, observing with the natural senses will not answer the eternal questions regarding your purpose for being. Answers to questions regarding your unique identity come from the infinite wisdom That's within the substance of the universe surrounding you. Knowledge and wisdom regarding the genius of your purpose. It's not being withheld from you. You may not have that information yet, but that doesn't mean that it's not available to you. It's available, but it's accessible only through subconscious enlightenment. It becomes you. And it becomes you when you are honest enough to fearlessly ask the right questions and then be quiet and allow wisdom to do its part and be attracted into your substance of being. So as we manifest this genuine, authentic identity, what will living out your true identity yield? What do we have to look forward to on the other side of this journey? Great question. Well, if when all right, let's say that when you start to meditate to become informed regarding the genius of your original purpose and believe to receive the answer to the questions regarding your identity, then the wisdom becomes that revelation knowledge. In other words, awareness starts to become you. And it's not ever going to be in the form of words or sentences. It just simply becomes you. And you just know that you know within your identity of purpose what that is. And it requires, again, for you to be fearless in the seeking of that knowledge. And then the life that you're going to attract, the one that you're going to begin to start experiencing, it's not just a respecter of emotions. In other words, it's okay to fearlessly believe. So it's possible to construct a life that is to the observer, people that are now going to start seeing you out in public and friends and family as you start parading around in this new essence of becoming something different. They're going to think as you just an observer that, my goodness, Megan, your life is perfect. Hmm. Well, is it perfect? It's perfect while advancing the mind, body, and soul toward perfected completion. So that's perfect in relative to itself. Perfect in appearance toward prosperity. It's perfect in the appearance to the observer to be that of perfect health, happiness, joy, and peace, all those things. So what you identify with is the constructor of your future. You're on a journey. You're, you're never going to be and shouldn't be at a place of destination. If you look around and your life is repetitive, it's because you have arrived at some point of destination. If you find in the natural that you are at a place of destination, habitual way of living, then you are actually on a pathway of digression. Nothing stays the same. So while it may appear to be the same, it's simply because you're going by the same bush four times a day, (laughs) six times a day, around and around you go. You're passing the same vegetation, the same life, having the same conversations, thinking the same thoughts, doing the same kind of things. It may appear that you are stagnated in some way, but you're actually digressing and you're advancing toward less. 
So this may be a very uh, Megan question to ask, but <laughs> this all sounds incredibly intense. And uh, I don't want to say like a lot of work, but it does sound like you have to do a lot to achieve what we're what we're talking about. So what advice can you give us? What tips can you give us to make sure that this process is fun? Because I'm all about having fun. Yeah. I, wish you, you know I wish everybody could have seen her face when she said that. It wasn't a Jack Nicholson <laughs> smile, but it was like the eyebrows went up and all teeth. <laughs> Such, I love your smile. How can this be fun? Well, when I, when I start thinking about, you know, I can be very intense. I can be very yes, intense can. when I'm pursuing something and I could already feel myself, you know, just becoming overly, not, not anxious, but just so, you know, when you focus so much on something, you're trying to sort of, uh, you know, it's like, it's just, it's sort of like a funny, um, um, ironic thing to, to be so hardcore about self-improvement. Like, like, damn it, I'm going to improve myself, <laughs> you know? Okay. Great, great question. <laughs> How do we make this fun? Here's the answer. You know what makes this fun? It's not by the sweat of your brow that you're going to advance towards success. No, it's coming to you. All you're doing is maintaining the vision, the imagination for what you want to become. And so you are attracting your success. Now, gosh darn it, that's fun. You're not building a railroad. You're not having to show up at six in the morning and work till six at night singing songs while swinging an axe or a pick. This is coming toward you. So your labor of love is one of adhering to and relying on your highest viewpoint imagination Mm -hmm. for living the life that you want to live. Then you kinetically believe you put a synergy to the energy of moving toward the thing that you're attracting. In other words, you start showing up in places that you never imagined you would before. But now that you're imagining that that's supposed to be in your life, you start showing up there. And you don't necessarily know why. You just show up there to see what's there for you. Because the universe is rearranging the circumstances of your life to come into agreement or perfect harmony with the thing you're imagining to see. That's fun. So you can you can better understand how all of this works. And I think that things become more enjoyable when we actually understand mm. what's happening yes. instead of just leaving it up to chance. Don't, don't leave it up to I told you because I told you so. Right. That can lead to stress and anxiety yeah. like, well, maybe it won't work for me. Maybe I just don't deserve it. Right. Maybe I did something wrong or I'm not connecting the dots yeah. like you said correctly. Understanding is the power. Understanding is the power to peace. Prosperity, health, joy, happiness, all those things. Knowledge. With enlightenment comes the freedom of, of peace of mind as yeah. well. With enlightenment comes the fun. The fun. So better understand how the life you will experience is actually manifested through a concept called quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement simply means there is a physical relationship between two entities. Now stay with me for just a minute. Quantum entanglement simply means that there is a physical relationship between two entities, two bodies that interact with each other. In other words, in quantum physics, there's something called entanglement. And that's when two physical entities become entangled. And then it becomes impossible to describe one object without considering the other object. In other words, both are bonded or connected together through observation or kinetic belief. So imagination is your ability to bond through quantum entanglement. In other words, the kinetic energy of belief through the power of imagination is the human being's way of manifesting desires. It's an imagination that is held within the power of kinetic belief. It's an imagination that you just decide that you're going to hold on to, and it doesn't matter what they say, what they do, good reports, bad reports. It doesn't matter what any, any other information that is the world's trying to feed to you. You're only holding on to the one imagination. That's called kinetic belief. How do you do this? Understanding and unconditionally loving, becoming decidedly harmonious with your purpose is the beginning to moving your relationship with life beyond your present circumstances and experiences. So how does kinetic belief actually work? Quantum physics deals with the quanta, the smallest particles of nature. The life that anybody is experiencing in the physical reality, the physical realm that's been attracted uh, according to their alignment of belief. That is the way it all works. Everybody's going through something that they've been believing. Researchers have proven in quantum mechanics that the active um, observing, the action of observation creates reality. 
In other words, imagining to observe something causes what you are imagining to observe to appear out of nothing. Likewise, if you're not aware of something, it doesn't exist in the subjective reality. Isn't that amazing? Think about it. Experiments at CERN using the world's largest particle collider has proven that matter doesn't exist until something is imagined to exist. Quantum physics has also revealed something called the collapse of the wave function. So within human beings, the wave function is actually the consciousness. Consciousness performs the action of kinetic belief and it manifests circumstances. It creates experiential reality. So now if you really if you really want to begin having some fun and obviously we do you want it to be fun so in quantum mechanics wave function contains every possible outcome of one particular situation Now you might not want to think about that too much but think of think of it this way every human being is a cluster of energy we were talking about that the other day you know it's just like a little engine a, a, a ball of of uh, un, unlimited amount of energy in every single person. Every form throughout the entire universe represents clusters of energy. We came into the natural, spiritual beings having a natural experience. In other words, the physical is equipped with five senses. And so in the physical and the natural, we've got sight, sound, touch, smell, and taste. Well, our natural I- identities are linked to the cluster of energy and it determines what quantum energy will then form for a, in the natural for us to be able to see and touch and smell and all that. So while our observations literally shift the universe on a particle-by-particle particle basis to create our physical lives, we have the infinite ability to change the results of our viewpoints for manifesting our objective choices for reality. So... A manifesting journal is absolutely necessary in order to cognitively change our reality and to choose how we should choose to perceive things to be in our lives. For example, if you're not aware of something, guess what? It doesn't exist in your subjective reality. If you want something to exist, then the substance of your kinetic belief must start perceiving it to be so. So for the purposeful kinetic believer, possibilities are limitless. Anything that you can think or imagine is possible. Well, the world's thought disciplines, religions, and now sciences for the first time here in 2020, guess what? All the, the information is, has, is now intersecting. It's like standing out in this huge intersection and everybody has now shown up at the same place at the same time and we're all going, What? <laughs> What was once only acknowledged through faith is now being understood through quantum mechanics. For example, that while using faith, a person chooses to simply believe something is being true, right? So then while remaining unwavering in their faith, poof, they become healed, or they become wealthy, or they change their life according to their faith. And so now quantum entanglement simply describes the relationship between two bodies of energy as they begin to interact or entangle with each other according to the bias of belief or according to someone's faith. So once your faith or your kinetic belief begins entangling with the substance of what you've chosen to believe, guess what? It's no longer possible to distinguish your faith or kinetic belief object from the other without considering both. Again, your faith or kinetic belief, they're bonded together with the circumstance-changing substance of your belief. Everything in the universe is wonderfully connected with each other. And if we kinetically believe to influence one thing, we're kinetically influencing another thing. So we have this innate ability to influence and choose the thoughts that we will imagine. And so by meditating to use your thoughts, you can interact with anything that you choose to interact with. That's fun. In other words, by kinetically choosing your beliefs and maintaining those without wavering to consider other options, successful kinetic believers are attracting people. They're changing circumstances, healing their bodies. They're choosing whatever objects they want to choose to manifest into their lives. Understanding how quantum entanglement works. Having knowledge of how faith works to attract and change your life. It helps to understand how manifestation works. Every person was created in the image of the creator of the universe and has within themselves 
the unique and the personal perception of reality that creates their reality. Whatever you've been thinking about is the life that you're living. Think about it. Whatever you've been talking about, words are things and have substance. The things you talk about creates your reality. No man, woman, child, any person, every person is living the life that they've been believing, thinking, and talking about. So your perception of your own personal identity is the most powerful way to influence your imagination and to cause your mind to believe what is real. Stephen Hawking said in his opinion that there is no aspect of reality beyond the reach of the human mind. How true that is. Mm -hmm. The power of belief attracts physical abilities. And this was truly the holy grail of athletic achievement. Most people are familiar with the four-minute barrier, the mile that stood for decades. Running that four, I think about it all the time when I'm out taking a, a doing doing my my 45 minute mile run, <laughs> you know. But the guy Roger Bannister, and this was what, 1954, he tore down that four minute barrier, and I think he did it in, in three minutes and 59 and four tenths of a second. But it just, <laughs> just busted under. it, right? It still counts. But you know, people had imagined being able to do that for decades and decades before it was finally done. But then here's what's cool. Once they saw it done, it was just 46 days later after Bannister broke the four-minute mile that John Landy, this, this guy from Australia, he, he broke the barrier again with, a time, I think it was three minutes and 58 seconds. Isn't that wild? It was just, just 46 days after wow. that. And, and just a year later, there were three more runners that broke the four-minute mile in a single race. It was in the same race, and three of them did it. And just in the last uh, half century, there's been more than a thousand runners that have conquered that four-minute barrier. That it hadn't been that long ago. What was it, 1954? That they considered it was just never going to be broken. Wow. There it is. The power of knowing it's possible. Belief. Yeah. So now my, the question is: Was it just the belief that you could do it that caused it to be done again, or did something actually physically change in the human ability to run a four-minute mile by adhering to and relying on the substance of belief that it can be done? And I would say that the physical abilities began to manifest the ability to break it through the through the power, the kinetic belief, the substance of belief changed the physical body. Well, and it seems like based on what you just told us about how kinetic belief works in the, in, on the quantum level, that it's a little bit of both. You know, the knowledge, the understanding that a thing is even possible comes Correct. first. And then that physical manifested ability is going to follow that up after you know, working that belief. All of the subsequent runners began imagining, seeing themselves as breaking that barrier, wow. holding on to the thought form, seeing it done, grateful that they had the ability. And then what happened? The physical manifestation of actually breaking the four-minute mile became a reality. And doesn't that go back to the title of today's podcast, just the, the theme of identity? Because all of a sudden, the ability, the human ability to, to break that four-minute mile, it, it became a part of a potential part of their identity. That's right. That's a, it comes back to, always goes back to identity, just like we started today. Look, there are no common people. They're only average people. Well, what makes somebody average? An average person is somebody that hasn't stopped long enough to consider their own original identity. What makes them different? Because until you embrace what makes you different, you will remain average. Most people simply don't realize that they have a choice in how to live their life. And so most simply resign to living a life that they don't want to live. And they spend all of their days complaining about their situation. They complain about their health. They complain about their finances. They complain and complain and complain. And it's just not the way that they had hoped it would be. It's not the way that they would like for it to be. And you can begin eliminating right now today. This is what's so cool and fun about all of this. You get rid of all those things that you dislike in the people that you don't want to be around. You cast down the habits and the personalities that are preventing you from manifesting your greatest life. Life. It's too short to not begin this right now. Life is not this endless thing in the natural. It's endless, but not in the natural. So what you believe to be hard sacrifices, I am telling you that they're actually easier than you should uh, than if you don't make the sacrifice. 
changing the course of your destiny, it must be made right now in pursuit of your greatest life. So you just deny the influence of any kind of negative source energy and you do it for your greater good. This is personal to you. This has nothing to do with anybody else. This has everything to do with you. Then it has something to do with other people. Actually, because when you do it for you, you're doing it for the advancement of all of humanity, for your best life is essential to all of us. We all want to see you become that stellar person you were meant to be. And so does your family and friends and loved ones. You're doing them all, including yourself, a disservice unless you become the best version of yourself. So stop making apologies and stop, for goodness sakes, coming up with excuses to put this off any longer. Stop what you're doing right now. If you're headed down there and you're driving and you shouldn't be going somewhere and you know it, turn around. If you're living this round-robin existence, not going anywhere, go back to your original purpose. Be brave enough to fear not and embrace the qualities of your differences. This is the beginning to distancing yourself from mediocre activities which will resign you to an average life. Kinetically believe, which just simply means be unwavering in your belief, to begin moving toward activities that are going to elevate you and reposition your life trajectory toward these massive accomplishments that you know are possible within you. Massive attraction. Look, success is not something to be obtained. Your success is divined, defined by your willingness just to be you authentically you. Your success becomes inevitable when you practice just a few simple disciplines and do this every day. Do it by reviewing your daily practices of kinetic belief journaling. Don't write down what you're doing. Write down what you see yourself being. Small daily manifestations lead to these extraordinary and stunning results uh, three months from now, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, and on it goes. So, and you're never too old to begin this either. Where you would like to be in your future, see yourself there right now in this moment and be grateful for it. Who will you be? What will you be doing? Have you ever really even thought about this? This is your life. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast, I'm telling you, it reveals the source of your success is beckoning your attention. Your authentic destiny is restless. It's causing you anxiety. And you you know there's something else. There's more to life than what you're now experiencing. And it's calling you to come home. And it, just plan on right now how you wish to spend this life. If you don't, then accidentals will plan it for you. Circumstances will victimize you for the rest of your life if you don't do this. There's no other way. You can't opt out of this. So fall in love with yourself and your differences, your unique genius. And then with the conviction of your soul, your articles of faith, you just find you're, you're far more capable of being you than anyone else anyway. And put kinetic belief forward into a forward-leaning action in the direction of your imagined dreams, casting down the fears of failure. And the authentic warrior from your within is going to lead you to your marvelous fate. You know, should you choose, though, to cower away and you're just mentally agreeing with what you're hearing right now? And you just, you know, you're, you're going to be sensitive and a little timid throughout the rest of your days. And you just, you're not going to take action, even though you got excited for a minute, but you just, you really won't get around to it. And you just continue to subsist into a life of mediocrity. What a shame your passage will actually be. There is a divine, powerful purpose that you came into the natural, that you're here. Think about it. What are the chances even that you have life and awareness? It, to me, there's nothing sadder than to see creative creators choose to remain trapped within a life that they despise just rather than construct the blueprint for their dreams. Mm. Say this right now out loud. Let's work on some high, highest viewpoints. Say, this is my one natural life. This is my one natural life. And I'm aware of this truth. And I'm aware of this truth. I'm manifesting my dreams into my reality. I'm manifesting my dreams into my reality. I'm living abundantly. I'm living abundantly. I'm living healthy. I'm living healthy. I am healthy. I am healthy. I'm living a prosperous life. I'm living a prosperous life. I'm exuding joy. I'm exuding joy. I'm radiating positivity. I'm radiating positivity. I am the embodiment of success. I am the embodiment of success. And guess what? And guess what? I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting my life. My life. Of greatness. Of greatness. 
Yes. How do you like me now? <laughs> How do you like me now? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, <laughs> wow, what a powerful podcast this has been about identity. And I would imagine, too, that in um, sort of as a, a companion idea to the the 100 day guided journal which someone i actually noticed recently that a lot of people have been buying the purpose workbook and the guided journal sort of as a set which is a great idea because then then that identity that purpose sort of kickstarts your journey and then the journal helps you maintain it in this longevity uh keeping giving it some longevity and that's a big mistake that a lot of people start making is uh, when they get into uh, manifesting on purpose is they just start grabbing random desires and and mm-hmm. start manifesting those and it's a big mistake because those can actually box you in and you're starting to you can actually create bars to um, a proverbial cell and box yourself in from your purpose life your best life if you start surrounding yourself with all kinds of objects that you're manifesting so understand your purpose your original genius of purpose first and then construct and build out from there and my goodness you will live a life of joy happiness Mm. peace prosperity great health, great friends. I mean, the the one percenter type of lifestyle is possible if you construct it, build it out from your purpose. And the Purpose Workbook on the website, like you're saying, is a great way to go back to the original purpose that you came into the world with. For those resources and so much more, visit kineticbelief.com. And you can also shoot us an email if you just want to say hello or you have a question or a comment, kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com. Sure. And so also while you're there, check out the event page because we've got quite a few of them coming up. We're going to be in Atlanta, Dallas, Texas, then Houston, Austin, and then beyond. Uh, beyond. And, where, <laughs> and then we're going to Arizona after that. Yeah, I we're going to head on to the schedule still being confirmed. So keep checking back. But we are going to be heading to Phoenix. And then after that, all all the way up the coast of California. Sedona. Sedona. Is a stop along the way That's as well. That's true. Sedona as yeah. well. So we're going to cool. be fitting all those in, still um, working those out. But again, just shoot us an email and to make sure you're notified when we're coming to um, your area. Awesome. Happy Monday, everybody. We'll Happiest see you again on, on uh, the next podcast. Yeah, that's going to be on Wednesday. And yep. thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Sure. Bye.